0: Hey, welcome to another Get Geekish podcast. I'm Bino, and uh, that over there, over that way, that's Derek. Uh, thanks for joining us, like you do every week, I hope. Uh, it's Get Geekish podcast. You can find us on the social media at Get Geekish. And this week, we decided to talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music. It you know, just came out on VOD last week. Uh, today, the day we were recording this, happens to be Keanu Reeves' birthday. Whoa! And both of us uh, got to see the new Bill and Ted movie over the past week. And I think both of us had a, a, a good reaction to it. So we wanted to sit there and talk about what worked and maybe why it worked. Because yeah, something yeah. That's, that's basically a, a stoner comedy from the late 80s and early 90s to have a sequel 30 years later and still have it hold up is impressive in its own right to me.
1: Well, and the thing is, too, is like, Well, for one, we just had the realization that it was 30 years ago that the first movie came out, and that makes me feel like I need a
0: walker. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, February 17th, 1989. Bogus Journey was July 19th, 1991. Face the Music, August 28th, 2020.
1: Yeah. But when when they first announced it, what, last year or
0: whatever, we were like, Mm. eh. Yeah, they've been talking about it for a couple of years. You're like, Oh, they make a bill of death. We're like, yeah, sure. They will. Sure. They will. I mean, right? how many movies get a sequel that much later? Well, and
1: I don't know what Alex winter has been doing for a while, you know? So anyway, but, um, so they've been, it's been rumored off and on that. They're going to make a sequel. And then when we saw the teaser trailer for it, I don't know about you. I was excited, but I also had very low expectations.
0: Yeah, I guess that's, that's where I tell people, like, everyone keeps asking me when I say, oh, I saw Face the Music. Go, oh, is it, is it good? And I have to temper it. I'm like, yes, it was good. I enjoyed it. But it is not, it's not going to win any Oscars. It's, it's not like if you just turn this movie on, I've never heard of Bill and Ted before that you're going to walk away amazed. This is the greatest movie ever made. It's if you liked the original Bill and Ted movies, this fits right in that gamut and you're going to like this one just as much, in my opinion.
1: Right. Well, it's one of those ones where, I mean, I'm one of the ones that I love the first one, right? I really liked the second one as stupid of a premise as it is, but it had a lot of fun moments to it. And it the, even that one worked as a sequel. I know that one wasn't as well received, mm-hmm. um, but I think this one took the failures of the second one and improved it. And like, this is a good successor. So we got saw the teaser trailer and you're looking at it and they don't show you a lot, obviously Mm. don't get a whole lot of the story or anything like that. And you're just like, I'm on board for this. It's going to be horrible, but I'm on board. So then, you know, the whole pandemic happened and I was like, Oh man, owner Bill and Ted's still going to happen. It still happened. Got to love on demand. Cause I got a little email from voodoo saying, Hey, pre-order it now. And I was like, wait, I can actually pre-order it to own it for 25 bucks. So old. <laughs> I'm in, I don't care if it's a horrible movie. I'm in, <laughs> pre-ordered it, watched it and was very surprised. Like the whole, I'm pretty sure the whole movie I had a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's predictable. I mean, yeah, you kind of figure it out. It's
0: very predictable. Yeah, but the first f- ones were too it's yeah. it, they're not suspense movies They're no
1: <laughs> but it worked and and i've been trying to kind of figure out and this is why i brought it up to you because maybe we could figure out together why it worked so well 30 years later because we've had some movies that have dropped sequels you know just a few years later And they, and they don't work or they, you know, they have that huge gap where it's 10 or whatever years and they push too much of the throwback on you where you're just like, okay, this is just fan service. Like it's still entertaining, but it's fan service. And I think what Bill and Ted did was they didn't push heavy handed fan service onto you. Yeah. They had some, they had some, you know, callbacks. And they could have they could have went the nostalgia route big time, but they opted not to.
0: And, and Wolf, if anyone's gotten this far and still worried about it, we're going to try and keep this spoiler free as possible. As mm-hmm. Derek just mentioned, not like there's a whole lot of spoilers to give away, but yeah. there's certain plot points that don't give away and certain characters and cameos, the things that show up that we don't want to ruin for you. Right. Uh, but there there's a couple of cameos that uh, with the movie passing thirty years the number of people they got that were the original actors from the movies to be in this is astounding mm-hmm. to me, especially because the entire movie only had a budget of $25 million. So there's a lot of names that you're like, how would they get these, how'd they find these people? You don't even know these people are still around and Hey, here they are. There's it's, it's that's oh, to me the, the nostalgia you. part. You see somebody and then it clicks. You're like, oh, that's, that's that same character. They're still here. Ah, it's, it, it's makes me feel good. For one, um, Ted's
1: dad still being alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was, I was like, dang, how old is he (laughs) seeing him on the screen? But I don't know. It it was just like, I'm trying to be spoiler free here, but like just some of the things that they did, you're like, all right, that's, that's clever. But I'm trying to think a movie that just came out recently that kind of was from our earlier years. They pushed all that heavy fan service on. And that's something that always worries me about sequels. You know, the talks of Goonies 2. I want to see it. Especially, I want to see them go down the road since they're saying like, you know, they're all going to have families now and that type and see what they do. But I'm also scared because when they take movies from the 80s and 90s and decide to make sequels now, they do too much fan service of too much of the cliche callbacks where they're like oh we can just throw everything in here and you're just like
0: yeah the callbacks need to be they they have to be just right where they fit in part of a movie Mm -hmm. and it's almost like they're they're subtle enough that you almost have to catch it when it comes across as bells was hey remember me i was in the first movie remember me (laughs) it kind of just takes the magic out of it and that's the problem with the with the sequels
1: is they throw the i mean even sequels nowadays they throw the callbacks right in your face because they don't trust the viewer to be smart enough to get that Mm. i mean the comic book comic book movies kind of do it a little bit different i mean they still throw the heavy-handedness but they also do the little cliche for like uber nerds like us Mm. they're like did you did you see that and we have to rewind it
0: yeah you see the name of somebody's mutant ability up on the computer screen behind somebody talking like wait hold on that's it hank mccoy right
1: (laughs) but with this they and they didn't rely on on bill and Ted you know, Bill and Ted in this movie have a family now and they have kids, which I kind of like, I think the two story arc worked, Mm -hmm. you know, Bill and Ted, the whole premise of the movie is they have to write that song
0: that that unites the world or the universe and
1: and saves the future. And while they're doing that, they're traveling into the future (laughs) meeting themselves, trying to steal the song from themselves and then their daughters are going and trying to assemble a band for them, trying to help out that way. So they get some people. The I don't know the the two sidedness worked. Mm. I don't know how it did. But it yeah, worked. because
0: if you explained that to me going into it, I would just think this is going to be a giant cluster of a movie, and it's going to be like watching half of Inception or something like that, trying to figure out the plot. <laughs> but right. it, it did it did add to each other well where where things crossed over and they kind of just told a couple different stories, much like the first movie of the different little stories they had with the characters from Excellent Adventure going back mm-hmm. and forth in time and their little adventures. Those are almost like little mini episodes within the movie, but then you bring it back to the whole part and it still feels like it's the same part of the movie, which is, I think, it's a fairly tough thing to pull off in, in a Hollywood movie. And it's, right. it, it was thoroughly enjoyable and like I said they, it didn't rely on them just making the same jokes even the things where they made similar jokes with the same kind of mannerisms it's funny now but it's more so funny because they look out of place as 40 year old men doing it or they do the thing when they do the air guitars and it has the notes going on the screen and a very funny little homage to the first movie but they just did it a few times it wasn't enough to get annoying it was enough to just be like oh yeah uh-huh yeah okay I got yeah. you and I, I want to say part of the reason that it uh, works so well for us is because we fall right in the demographic of this, that uh, this is going to sound the wrong way, but I feel like I identify more with washed-up, grown-up Bill and Ted than I did with high school rock and roll Bill and Ted. <laughs> like, there's that little thing. It's not like a sappy movie. There's a few parts, but it's you relate to it in a way that you just, they their personalities. They just want to do the, the, the great thing they were supposed to do. and They want to, you know, that's, that's their whole purpose. We were supposed to write the song that saved the world. And that was basically their life's purpose for it. I mean, there, there's, there's some nobleness in that. And when they don't get it, you feel bad for them and you have the same kind of feelings for you. Like, Oh man, I wanted to be a rock star when I was a kid. <laughs> And that, think, that line we talked about, like, dude, Ted, we've been trying to save the world for 30 years. I'm tired, man. <laughs> You're like, I, f- I feel
1: you. Well, <laughs> I think that's exactly... Because I watched it, you know, you, you watched it with your family. I watched it with my family. And, you know, my 10-year-old loved it. She likes the original ones. You know, she liked them. But this one, I think, resonated more with her because it had that that bridge if you will between the two generations right mm-hmm. you had the older bill and ted that we grew up with that we could relate to now because we're you know close to that age and you know we have families and everything you're like yeah we get it and then they had daughters who were just trying to you know find their place and everything like that and that kind of resonates with the younger generation now so i think this movie did a good job kind of bringing two different honestly this movie did exactly what they were trying to do in the movie and brought a whole bunch of people together because like. Just seeing people rave about it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen any bad reviews on it, which is... Well, I'm putting my blinders on
0: maybe, but... Well, I, I've read a couple, but even the bad reviews, the, the, the ones that I've read, even almost have a thing on there of, this is not a great movie, but if you expected it to be a great movie, you didn't see the first two. Like, it's... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not a you know something like oh my i've never seen writing like that before it's like a story that's never been told no it's it's just it's mellow it's fun and it's warm-hearted and it's just enjoyable entertainment Mm -hmm. one of the first things we talked about when the movie first ended was we kind of just looked at each other and had the smiles we're like this wraps everything up it's like a nice solid trilogy now Right. It's so many movies now you walk out at the end and they always have to have a cliffhanger or something at the end that's leading to something else or this. But this takes two movies from thirty years ago, then creates a trilogy out of them that wraps up nicely and you feel complete afterwards, like, all right, the the Bill and Ted movies. I like them. Well <laughs> even with the even with the montage and the
1: narration. Because one thing that I think movies do now too much of is the narration to, you know, exposit information on you. Mm. They rely too much on it. But in this one, it kind of needed because, you know, in the in the beginning, you have the daughters explaining how they rose to success. And then the, <laughs> everything that happened to lead them to the washed up side. And it worked like that. I don't even know. Like, what was it? Four minute monologue in the beginning? Maybe
0: mm-hmm. but that, if that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it works taking the stuff from those two movies and making it fresh so and setting up this movie perfectly.
0: Yeah, they, they didn't know? have to waste time and give you half an hour of backstory to explain it, but they just got it out of the way like, hey, if you haven't seen them, here's what happened. If you saw them, here's a refresher. We're going to go through this. Bam, yeah. we're in.
1: <laughs> Here, here's what happened. Here's how they succeeded. And then, I mean, because like, at the end of Bogus Journey, you have that, like, you know, they do the little newspaper clippings, everything like that. They, you know, form a band with death and they become super popular, everything like that. And the the beginning of this kind of just takes that and then brings it to now, which mm-hmm. again, yeah, it's exposition and, and whatever, but it worked. It it, it really did.
0: Mm-hmm. And a one of the bad things I have read others say about the movie and I can kind of agree with is oddly enough, the worst part about Bill and Ted face the music is the music in the movie and it's not that it's bad music but there's just like you look through the whole soundtrack and it's a bunch of kind of forgettable angsty rock bands that there's like i think there's one or two songs i really like but the rest of them were just okay it reminds me of a 90s movie soundtrack (laughs)
1: Mm. you didn't like that final song man didn't bring it together
0: it was okay, but for being the song that united all of humanity and stuff like that that goes together. But it did also lead to one of the biggest quotes, which was in the the end monologue when they're when they're talking about stuff that I don't feel like I can say without ruining it a little bit. But that quote about music and playing music together, mm-hmm. for some reason, that really like got me right in the the emotions. I guess this just to talk about that. I'm like, oh. It's, it's true. The world needed that right now. Right. <laughs> we don't all need to be right. We just need to work together. <laughs> so like my one real
1: problem that I had with it was when the daughters were on their little quest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're meeting these famous musicians throughout history and spouting quotes about them. When they go back to whatever BC that was with the caveman drummer, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the most audacious drummer, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how do you know that?
0: Well, it's a was... fictional story about a drummer from, from uh, ancient Africa, I think, that goes on there, and they use that as the basis for it. Oh, but man. I read an article about that because when they were trying to put this together, the guys making the movie had no money. They had zero budget, so they had to find a way to get historical musicians that were recognizable, but they couldn't play anything from them. Like the guitar player that they got in the movie they couldn't use any of his songs. There was no budget for it. So they had the, found the public domain version of a song that he played. Same thing with uh, the, the trumpet player. They found a song that's on public domain that they could use notes of that he was playing on there. But when people see the character, they recognize it. But you don't have to actually pay the thousands and thousands of dollars for rights to play that 20 seconds of a song.
1: Okay. So you imagine know, imagine
0: trying to weave that and all of a sudden then a, a fictional story of a drummer, you're like, oh, cost saving. Okay. Makes sense.
1: <laughs> I, I got to say, you know, with, with that information, because I didn't know, I thought they just pulled that out, you know, where the sun don't shine just to make that up. Mm-hmm. That works. Okay. Actually doing some research and finding that out. It works.
0: Yeah. it, it made me feel better But I started reading that and I went down that little wormhole and it, it, it made me feel better about the choices.
1: Yeah, because that, that part about the drama when they showed up to that in, in, you know, prehistoric times, and I'm like, okay, this one, it might be a little too much for me on this one, but the rest of it, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and and I do love, because if, if we say, uh, talk about, I mean, people know that death is in the movie. He's back mm-hmm. again. It's not a spoiler to give it away on there.
1: I mean, he's in the marketing for it. Yeah, he's so. in the
0: marketing for it, so I feel okay with that. But. I am really glad of the rewrite that put him back into it because weren't we talking about that, that originally he wasn't going to be in this movie and then they got him on board with it so they went back in to rewrite or reshoot to add him into it? I don't remember on that one, but I, I, it's, it sounds... I thought there was something along those lines, but uh, he... <laughs> he added he, a lot to it. He did. He gave it... He had so much... Like This is one of the few movies that death is one of the most lovable characters. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, that like the whole scene with them too, you know, go into his house, everything like that. It just, I don't know, for some reason that whole scene was just great. (laughs) It was just, it was just fantastic. And, and to see him again, you know, the whole callback to bogus, it was great. And they did the little nods here and there, but they didn't like throw it in your face or anything like that, which, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, I did see a story earlier and I meant to, I clicked on it, opened it up, and then I got busy with work, so I didn't get to read it. But um, I kind of glanced over it in one of the meetings. I guess Bill and Ted were supposed to meet them young, their younger selves. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because, well, one like when movies do the whole younger version of them, it just they use that over cgi and and deep fakes and everything like that and it it kind is out of place i i really appreciate that they
0: didn't go back
1: to the like future that.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and, uh, and the interactions they had with future selves uh, they worked they 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 worked they are a glorious play of Character development, I guess you could call it. <laughs> and while we were having the discussion of making that movie, when a bunch of those scenes were going on, I'm like, this movie had to be a lot of fun to make. Right? Like you read that script and go into the, the line of what you're going to do that day. You're like, all right, <laughs> here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and again, don't want to spoil it for you, but if you watch it, you'll you'll understand that as soon as you get about an hour into the movie. <laughs>
1: Well, one of the hardest things for me at the beginning of it was Keanu without his facial hair because I had been, you know, we'd been watching him and John Wick recently and everything like that. So to see him all baby face, everything like that, I was just like, something's off with you, man. Something's off. And then like, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes in the movie, my brain finally accepted it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it was like, okay, you're all right.
0: Just like putting a USB drive in there, you put it upside down, you put it upside down the other way, you put it upside down again, and it works. Like your brain just, yeah, <laughs> piano. With, no hair, no hair. Oh, okay, okay, it's Keanu. That's right.
1: <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, they for also them being forty or fifty now, however old they are. I don't remember. Uh, we, played. I mean, we he talked about fifty-two.
0: I think. Yeah, I was going to say, we
1: talked about Keanu in one of our celebrity st- spotlights not too long ago, so you can always rewind back to that one. Um, but for as old as they are, they still were able to channel...
0: 56 Keanu is.
1: Holy crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they, they, they still had the, the, the you know, charming... Like youthfulness they had in the first movie even as 50 year old 40 40, 50 year old men they still had that little that little shimmer of rock and roll hope in their eyes like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you could tell that they were beaten down by the world but they were still excited that something they could make something better and like they loved their wives and their daughters and maybe that's what related to it too and you
1: know (laughs) it's so funny because like they did a good job of channeling that youthfulness but also coming off as the awkward dad that still is like trying to be cool. And again, it just, it worked.
0: And yeah, I, I would say my, my final thought on the buffer of, of uh, thoroughly enjoying it. One of the things about it is it didn't get too deep into, this is going to sound so stereotypical of me, of not too emotional about anything. Mm-hmm the first movies didn't go too deep in it, and a lot of times when they try and remake a movie they try and add oh we're gonna have this the super angsty love triangle or there's gonna be some marital problems or there's gonna be some divorce or some horrible thing that comes in and it's gonna change their character like no they just kept it low-key and realistic and it was the story moving forward they didn't have to add in any other random personality quirks brought on by horrid things happening it was just stuff
1: there (laughs) and uh and 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 you mean realistic as in the The personality realistic as the personalities (laughs) and the the way
0: the way they behave and interact with each other and their families was very realistic and believable for the most Mm -hmm. part like other parts traveling through time in a phone booth and stuff like that's a different story but
1: hey you know it, it worked yeah so what would you rate it? Cause I mean, this was actually one of the very few movies, movies, movies that I've rated on voodoo after I got done watching it. And I did it with a smile on my face. I gave that sucker five stars on voodoo.
0: I, I would, I mean, like I, I always tell people if you didn't like the first ones, don't listen to what I'm saying. Uh, but I'm going to watch this movie again. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to have some pretty good replay value because there's a lot of Easter eggs and things that I probably didn't notice the first time through and it's one of those feel i i could imagine it's like one of the 80s comedies i still watch now i'll be able to put this on every once in a while i could always see it on oh i could always watch bill and ted yeah okay yeah cool it's always on and i i as far as that goes it's it's definitely in my echelon of yes good thumbs up movies
1: well especially cuz i think another thing that just made it is usually when movies come out you always get you know mixed reviews mixed emotions especially on like social media right mm mm-hmm we kind of share a lot of the same friends on Facebook and after Bill and Ted, it was just nothing like, Oh, Bill and Ted's so much fun. Bill and Ted is excellent. Oh, it's great. I'm going to watch it again. That type of stuff from I had a handful of different people.
0: I, I think it's like we talked about before when we, uh, when we talked about Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted's first movies, the world kind of needed this right now. Mm -hmm. Theaters have been shut down and cooped up. Uh, People are just yearning for something new, and this is one of the first new movies that's come out in a while. And to have it be this feel-good thing that actually lives up to what little expectations we had is just such a breath of fresh air.
1: (laughs) But I think that's the thing, too, is like it wasn't over-marketed. Because Mm -hmm. they, they did the teaser before the pandemic started, Right and then the pandemic started and they kind of didn't there wasn't any marketing or anything like that and then i didn't see anything for a while until like maybe last month it was like Bill and Ted face to music but it wasn't a lot it was just the same basic kind of teaser trailer that we've seen mm-hmm. and then when i got the email saying you could pre-order I was like already <laughs> i didn't think this was coming out this year
0: my money All right. Well, we'll let people get back, but let us know what you think of Bill and Ted Face Music at Get Geekish on social media. And I got to throw that my favorite cameo. Well, one of my favorite cameos: Jesus on the cowbell.
1: (laughs) The the whole the whole time switching thing was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah.
0: yeah. So do yourself a favor. If you're a fan of Bill and Ted at all, then face the music. I I feel like I can safely assure you that you're going to enjoy it. But let us know what you think at Geekish. And then him and me, uh, we'll talk at you next week.
1: Yeah. Be excellent to each other.